0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is recorded in the Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses then he spoke a parable to them saying the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully and he thought within himself saying what shall i do since i have no room to store my crops so he said i will do this i will pull down my barns and build greater And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God fellow redeemed. We are familiar with the old saying, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. The literal meaning of this saying is shown us when we see some cow or horse with its head forced between two strands of barbed wire, munching on grass outside the pasture. Acres of the same kind of grass spread out behind it. How silly, right? Those animals will risk personal injury so that they have more of what they already have in abundance. People, even Christians, do the same kind of thing. How many people have thought that if only they had a different husband or wife, they would be happier? Many adulterous affairs start because we are not satisfied with the spouse God gave us how many people have envied the success of their neighbors. We think, it's not fair. I should have all that. I work harder. I deserve more. In Bible times, a man would think, if only I had my neighbor's cattle, I would be rich. Or he might think, I wish I had my neighbor's servants. They would work harder for me than the ones I have. Envy, turns into covetousness. Soon we begin to wonder how we can get what our neighbor has. One day, as the Lord Jesus was preaching about the kind of care the Heavenly Father gives us, a man asked Jesus to settle a property dispute between him and his brother. Jesus had just told the people that God takes better care of us than he does the sparrows, and that he stands by those who are persecuted suddenly this man calls out teacher tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me notice how he missed the point jesus was trying to make this man wanted happiness who doesn't but he wanted it in his way not the way jesus offered to him jesus seems to offer some pie in the sky happiness But this man was thinking, if God were really taking care of me, he would see to it my brother shares the inheritance with me. Jesus wants us to feel secure simply by knowing that our Heavenly Father will give us what we need. This man, like too many people today, thought that he could only be secure if he had more property. Jesus replied, take heed. And beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Too many people learn this truth the hard way. He who thinks he should have the wife of his neighbor usually discovers how second and third marriages fail at a much higher rate than first marriages. The man who seduces the wife of another man ends up with a woman who can be seduced by still another man. The same is true for women who seduce husbands away from their wives. The businessman who offers a higher wage to a worker than what the worker is presently making so he can compete better with other businessmen has just hired a man whose loyalty belongs to the highest bidder. Many companies have done this and then lost the worker and secrets, he learned, to some other bidder. We have seen in recent years how banks fail, businesses go bankrupt, and people go to jail because they were living the good life at the expense of others. In our text, we see the eternal consequence of the thinking that says, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will, will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. We also see this in the gospel lesson of the rich man in Lazarus, where the rich man who feasted sumptuously every day when he dies ends up in torment in Hades. The man who had every material possession in this life becomes a beggar in the afterlife, wishing for even momentary relief, since he had no room for God and his word during his earthly life. Jesus says, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. In other words, we are not what we own. Our physical possessions could be lost in an instant. After the tornado that leveled St. Peter in the mid-90s, a band from Mankato wrote a song called, You Are Not What You Own. These are words that you would never find on the pages of the Wall Street Journal or in any business or financial magazine. These are the words of our God, and when God speaks, we take notice. The issue our Lord would have us examine is how we are to live in a land where we have so much. Now our first reaction is to dispute that. I can think of all things, all kinds of things that I don't have, we object. That's just the point. We always want more. An endless struggle for more is just as spiritually dangerous as having too much. The temptation in our world is simply plain old-fashioned greed, putting created things on a higher pedestal than the creator himself. Greed, after all, is idolatry. We must confess that our culture breeds idolatry. It's not that we carve idols and hide them away in our closets to use in strange rituals. The idolatry of greed is much more subtle but just as sinister. It would have us believe that we are nobodies without the right homes or right clothes. Bit by bit, we become convinced that genuine happiness can be found in these things rather than in the God who gave these things to us. It's time to call that what it is, a damnable lie. Clearly, it is not the truth of God, and a lie comes straight from the devil. The Lord Jesus wants us to be free of greed, but not because he likes poor people better than others. He wants us to be free of greed so that we can have the abundant life he wants us to have. He has an idea of what it takes to make you and me really happy. The God who keeps track of the number of hairs on your head always keeps track of your needs and desires. The God who generously provides for the birds of the air also generously provides us with a spouse and all those material blessings to make life enjoyable when it comes right down to it greed is also a form of fear a greedy person is driven by fear about the future. A greedy person is afraid that God passes by with the really good things and leaves only what is second or third best. So the greedy person decides he has to take care of himself. He calms his fears by working to collect the goods God gave to his neighbor. Jesus said, My friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him whom, after he has killed, has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Greedy people fear the wrong thing. They fear what can happen to them in this life instead of what will happen to them forever. But we don't need to be afraid of what will happen to us forever. We fear God because we respect his great power, power that he chooses to use for our sake. If so, then how much less do we need to fear what will happen to us in this life, especially when Jesus has promised that he came to give us an abundant life? What is this abundant life Jesus has planned for us? He gives a woman to a man so that they can be one flesh. We can expect that even if the two end up fighting it, finding it is hard to get along with each other, Jesus still has a great blessing in store for them if they stay together. Sometimes we need to go through hard times in order to find the blessings Jesus has in store for us. Jesus also makes sure we can make a decent living. He doesn't guarantee we will be rich, only that we will have food and shelter. He does bless some more than others. It has nothing to do with how hard we work, only in on the goodness of Jesus. But over all that, Jesus offers hope for the future. Covetousness comes from the desire to look after oneself. When Jesus gave us forgiveness of sins and eternal life, he made it possible for us to be satisfied with what grass we have in our own pasture, instead of hoping we can get what's in our neighbors. We know how life is going to turn out, what freedom that gives us now to live in hope and confidence. How are we to live in a world where we have so much? We must begin with repentance. We begin by taking an honest stock of where we have been and where we are with this demonic lie that life consists in the abundance of possessions. For all idolatry is sin, And there's only one thing to be done with sin confess it. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. He who is God in the flesh forgives our sins because He bore them in His flesh and died our death, giving us His new and abundant life. Therefore, we can say no to sin and the seduction of greed, we can say no to the lie that life consists in the abundance of possessions. We refuse to buy into the lie that happiness can be bought and sold. Do you want to find the secret to true happiness and fulfillment? Quit looking for something out there somewhere that will give you genuine happiness. Look to what you already have in Jesus Christ. We have our whole identity and fulfillment in him. By baptism, he wrapped us up with his death and made us his own. Then, freed from the struggle to acquire, we are truly free, free to live contented lives. We therefore faithfully keep on doing what we have been given to do in daily life, knowing that all good things come only from the hand of God. That is where true happiness is found. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you have laid up for us treasures in heaven. In your continual mercy, cleanse and defend us, that we may remain rich toward God. Lord God, rescue us from ourselves and take away from us everything that draws us from you. Give us all those things that lead us to you. For Jesus' sake, amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Day by
1: day, your mercies, Lord, attend me, bringing comfort to my anxious soul. Day by day, the blessings, Lord,